Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Elizabeth Barnett-Lawton, and I'll be interviewing some of the industry's most inspiring talent for the British Beauty Council's Careers Insights podcast series. Looking back on the last two decades of my own career as a magazine journalist and a university lecturer, it was having the opportunity to interview thought leaders, celebrities, and entrepreneurs that has been one of the greatest highlights. I'm just as fascinated today in speaking to the great minds and personalities behind industry figures as I was reading about them as a student. Hearing someone's story, a shared experience from someone who's made it in their chosen field, can provide much needed inspiration for anyone seeking a path to a fulfilling career. This is why the British Beauty Council are providing special access into the careers of inspirational beauty industry leaders exclusively for our members. So whether you're a student or perhaps you're thinking of a career change, we think our Careers Insights podcast series featuring some of the UK's best talent could be the vital boost to your dreams and motivation. For me, and I hope for you too, the podcast series is a fascinating insight into the lives of some of Britain's biggest beauty success stories. Welcome to the show. Jo Malone CB is the woman behind some of the world's best loved scents. She founded the eponymous fragrance and lifestyle brand that is synonymous with luxury and of course the signature cream packaging with black trim that we all recognize today. Jo Malone grew up in Bexley Heath, Kent. Her mother Eileen was a beautician and her father an artist. And as a teenager, she worked as a florist by day and gave facials in her kitchen at night. It was when she met her husband Gary at the age of 19 that their business, making her handmade scents and products, took off. She gave her nutmeg and ginger bath oil as a thank you to her clients and the orders began to flood in. Having sold her iconic brand to Estee Lauder in 1999, but with Joe remaining at the UK helm as chairwoman and creative director, she then sold it in its entirety in 2006 before launching a second fragrance company, Joe Loves. I'm converted to the Joe Lobs fragrances, mango Thai lime, white rose and lemon leaves, and smoked plum and leather. I can't wait to chat to Joe about her love of fragrance, the importance of creativity, her approach to building a brand, not once but twice in her case, and tips for would-be entrepreneurs. So stay tuned. Hi, Joe. Thank you so much for talking to me today uh, for the Careers Insights podcast. I'm so excited to be speaking to you. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm thrilled to be able to share a story and, and hopefully, you know, as people listen to it, they can, they can gain, you know, little, little bits from it and learn from and how to build a business. Absolutely. Um, you founded one of Britain's most famous fragrance brands in the 90s, Jo Malone, which you sold to Estee Lauder in 1999 before creating your second line, Jo Loves, in 2011. Did you have a, a master plan or even a business plan when you first started on this journey? <laughs> oh, I wish. I'd love to say, yes, you know, we had a five-year plan. We didn't. We really didn't. And I think, I think that's how a lot of people start out. So it all started out with skincare for me. And in that, you know, in those very first few years of starting out, that little skincare business was all about survival. I mean, a five-year plan didn't. It was a five-minute plan often. Um, you know, how do I get to the end of the month? How do I pay the rent? How do I pay? Uh, I didn't have any employees at that point. But how do I, you know, I need a thousand pounds for jasmine oil and empty bottles. Where is it going to come from? So it was survival. It really was. And, and I'd like to say that I was really structured and, you know, business head on me. But it wasn't. It was literally hand to mouth, a hand to mouth business. But as it grew, obviously, you do have to have that discipline and that structure. And it was when my husband, Gary, came in as um we're business partners, we're, we're husband and wife business yeah. partners. And 
best friends as well. But it was when he came in and he started to bring the structure. And boy, did I throw my toys out my pram. I hated the, the feeling of being told what I could and couldn't do. But actually, it was that business uh, discipline that came in that did change the business from a sole trading business to, to what you see today. So he really was your sort of champion from driving that business on yeah. allowing you yeah. to do the creative work. Exactly. So it was exactly, and that's how we put it. I'm very right brain. He's very left brain and we still work in the same way. So I'm very much the creative um, side of the business and also PR storytelling training stuff. And he is very much the left side. He does, he says it's the boring bit, but in fact, without the boring bit, there is no creative bit. You know, when you find that really, healthy balance between um, business disciplines that's when a business really really can take off and gather momentum and build yeah and and I always think of uh, both brands actually you've sort of made the single note or the dual note uh, fragrance modern and, and popular you know, the sort of famous uh, Joe Malone lime basil and mandarin that's what made the brand popular in the 90s and you've sort of continued mm. to do that um, you've got the mango uh, Thai uh, perfume and, and the, the white rose and lemon leaves. I mean, they're, they're some mm-hmm. of my favourites. Um, oh, thanks. But how, how did you train to, to do it? Did you train to, to, to put notes together or did you sort of make it up? No, I, I had. Um, so when I when I look all the way back, it, it often in life and your journeys, when you're building something, you don't you don't plan to build a global brand. I mean, actually starting Joe Loves, that was exactly what I set out to do, but only because I'd had a taste of it with Joe Malone London. Um, but in the beginning of, you know, the little cream and black box, I, it was a skincare clinic. And I had this, I had this ability to take little bottles of oils and take little droppers and put things in and create these amazing smells. Lime basil and mandarin was one of them. Nutmeg and ginger was another. And, um, I did, I mean, I did all kinds of little combinations and I'd put them into a body lotion and I would massage people's arms with them within a a face treatment. So there was no training for that, but there was this feeling of this gut instinct. That's the only way I can put it. When I would create something and I knew it went wrong, it would go down the toilet. And when it would go right, it would go into a body lotion and go in someone's arms. You know, it was was as simple as that. But it was, um, it was this one gentleman called Derek Tipthorpe, who at the time worked for Florissant Lotier, and he was he was the point where he saw something in me that was raw and that was talent and he nurtured it and without that man I don't think I would have I would have gone on to do some of the things that I did so it was taking that gift and knowing that I didn't have the training of a nose I've never trained as a nose but mm. I have this ability to see fragrance as though it's color or music it's real to me those notes um, I mean, yesterday I was working on a whole lot of floral notes and they feel like characters and people. And at the end of the day, I feel like I've had a big cocktail party for my nose. You know, it's sort of I'm sitting there with all these personalities, but they're all fragrance notes. Yeah. Um, and he the brilliant thing about Derek is he never tried to change me. He never tried to put me into a model that was uh, conventional, but he brought conventional thinking to my world, if you know what I mean. And then, and so I was able to create and think very differently. And all the perfumers that worked with me loved working with me because there was no written brief or benchmarks. I would just tell stories and I would create stories through fragrant notes. And it's exactly how I create today. 
um, and probably, you know, a lot more braver than I ever was. But that was my training. So that's that's the authenticity that people talk about nowadays, that actually you were you were being instinctive. And it sounds to me like I don't know whether anyone's ever said this to you. Do, do you think you've got synesthesia? No, I have got it. I've been I've um, I was told by a doctor in America because I've I've had cancer. And I've had my body scanned so many times, you know, when you have these little hiccups yeah. and I started to get very dizzy. And so they scanned my brain. And I remember one doctor saying to me, gosh, you have a very large hippocampus, Joe. And I had no idea what that meant, but apparently it's the primeval part of the brain. And I was telling him about how I, my senses are muddled and I, how I'm dyslexic. And he said to me, you probably have what's called synesthesia. And um, it's, and I've never been tested for it, but I think I probably do have it because my senses are muddled, but I would rather have life with dyslexia and all the things that come with it than um, to think in a conventional fact. I think my unconventional thinking is my golden ticket in life and uh, the adventures that I've had. So, you know, so if, if someone's listening to this right now and thinks, you know, I don't fit in, I don't, um, I haven't got all the right qualifications, I haven't got this, and you know something sometimes that that gut instinct and thinking differently are the things that change the world absolutely that's that's so fascinating i think you're right it is synesthesia and it is what's contributed to to who you are and your ultimate success to to stand out from from all the rest but also uh, just going back to where you were saying that you tried to replicate the journey in a way with with joe loves having done it before and it must be quite strange to sell your name uh, and then go on to You've got to give it a break, I, I, I imagine. <laughs> Whatever um, the deal I, was, you're like, okay, I'm going to go away and have a break and then think what you want to do next. Um, I, never, I never tried to replicate the journey. That wasn't, that's not what life is about for me. No. I didn't want to go back and, and walk in the same footsteps. But the only thing that was similar is I still was totally in love with creating fragrance and fragrance loved me. So that was the thing that was similar. But selling, when I look back on it, on it all now you know what regrets are they can bring very negative uh, emotions for me when I start regressing things and I look back so for me I I think this was the path that I took and I've had so many amazing adventures good and you know good and bad but when I look back and that moment that I signed that deal and I can remember it as though it was yesterday with Estee Lauder I have no regrets selling to Estee Lauder at all would I have done it differently if you gave it to me today? Yes, of course I would. But anybody can say that about their life. Um, and that business continues to go around the world. It continues to employ people. And so I have no regrets there at all. And when, we, when Gary and I sold it, it was because we didn't have the money or the know-how to take this brand globally around the world. And somewhere along the line, we knew that we would either have to borrow money or sell equity in the company or, or franchise it. You know, there was all these options. Mm. And for me, I never wanted that. I never wanted to be, to be shared parents, if you want, of something. It was all or nothing. Um, and I remember sitting and having breakfast with Mr. Leonard Lauder and knowing that he was the right person. I was looking for three things in a sale. I was looking for deep pockets. They needed to have <laughs> money. They needed to have distribution. Mm. They needed to know how to do that. And they needed heart and love. And I saw all three things in Leonard Lauder. And I still see those three, three things today. So I have no regrets. But leaving the business, so, so the point at which the regret started was when I sold. 
And then I exited the brand because, number one, I'd caught breast cancer and there was lots of reasons why I'd done that. Um, but I'd signed a deal that was a five-year lockout. So I was prevented from entering the industry because I, you know, I've been paid a lot of money for a business. It was mm. fair enough. And it was at that point that I realized it wasn't a business. It wasn't a job. It wasn't my career. It was my best friend. And I'd walked away from something that contributed so much to the happiness of my life. So that's where the regrets um, began. And those that five years was, was very tough. Yeah, I imagine it must have felt like ages. Um, and you must have been absolutely desperate to go and sort of start blending um, your fragrances again. Did you, did you do sort of, sort of some of that work in sort of secret? No, I absolutely, I didn't go anywhere near anything to do with cosmetics. So I couldn't even walk around a cosmetic floor. It made me cry because, and, and this, is a, this is a really good lesson here though, because it all ends happily, by the way. Because whenever I walked around a cosmetic floor, I'd pick up a jar of face cream and I could smell everything so intensely. Um, and when I'd walked away from Jo Malone, I'd, I'd, because I'd been on chemotherapy for nearly a year, I'd lost my sense of smell and oh, I no. thought it had gone forever. But of course, a month into leaving Jo Malone and, and having that five-year lockout, one morning my sense of smell came back and it came back in a very different way. So I could smell everything again. So it was almost as though I had to shut off that world of, that reminded me of anything that was connected because it hurt, it hurt, you know, and I felt I'd made a huge mistake. But in fact, I hadn't made a mistake at all. I had, you know, I was just traveling the adventure and the journeys of life. And sometimes when you make life-changing decisions on bad days, you just should give yourself a little bit of time either way because you may make that, that call and that decision in a very different way if you climb a little higher on the mountain, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, but when I look through it, when I look back on it now, if I hadn't left, if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't done all those things and really learned so much about myself, I probably wouldn't have started another brand. When you think about it, mm. I probably would have stayed with Lauder um, and Joe Malone. And, and, and I would have found happiness there as well. I would have been creative. But the fact is I had the chance to come back and do it all over again. Was I really the entrepreneur that I wanted to be or was I just someone that was very lucky once um and so I think I proved a lot to myself but after five years of not creating fragrance and I didn't go anywhere near it I didn't create I didn't go near any textures any ingredients um I I absolutely honored that five years but the minute that five years was up I jumped back into that world and found that I couldn't create fragrance again quite naturally so um yeah that was a tough moment well, aren't we lucky to have those? Because that's where the magic is it, to, to smell the, the, the fragrances that you've made. Um, but how is it different this time around? Have you decided to sort of deliberately keep it to a certain size before it gets really, really huge? Um, is it that you want to create all the fragrances yourself? What, what's different I, now? I do create all the fragrances myself. I think I'm too possessive of that bit. Um, yeah, I don't want anyone else create. And I also create for Zara as well. You, I mean, you should see my, my um, study at the moment. It's like a little laboratory. It's got hundreds of bottles and papers everywhere. Um, no, I'm too possessive of the creative bit, but how is it different? I think I'm different. I think I'm braver. I'm stronger. I, there's always been that grit in me, 
but I really feel that grit now of really, really telling those truthful, authentic stories that, um, I mean, something like actually Mango and Thai Lime was, was a perfect example, you know, to put that comb combination together. Um, I also did a mango with uh, Indian oud, which was really powerful. Uh, Smoke plum and leather is is one of those ones that are kind of really left field. People love it, or they don't. So I think my my sense of smell is braver. Um, but I think I'm I think in the very beginning of building Joe Loves, it was really hard because I hadn't created fragrance for a while, and I thought the gift had gone, and that gave me a huge shock. But in fact, it, it hadn't. It hadn't gone at all. It was, just, it was just standing right beside me and it was waiting for the right moment. And of course, Pomelo was the first fragrance out of the blocks. And it was whenever I smell that fragrance, it reminds me that I had a second chance and that hope is everywhere. So that's always a, a really sort of powerful analogy for me. Um, I got the distribution wrong when we first uh, built Joe Loves. That was... I got that all topsy-turvy because I was in such a hurry and such a rush to get back into the industry and to prove myself. And so I learned, I learned a lot about myself in those first few years. But now when I look at it, I'm, you know, I've got people around the world painting themselves with paintbrushes with fragrance. I'm getting people to, um, you know, create candles that had never been done before and as though they were cocktails. So I love, I love who I am right now. I love this moment in my life of, creativity and it doesn't matter what you take away from me I'm I'm able to create with so little especially in lockdown through this last year not only her can I do it now but my team can too uh, it doesn't matter what you take from us we will still be able to create and build and bring products to the market and change the world and that is a that's a huge achievement it certainly is it, it almost sounds like you have dare I say a spiritual relationship with the creation of fragrance the way that it that it was sort of dormant and then came back after five years and the relationship that you have and what it what it gives to you and then also to everybody else that uses your products it's quite astounding really and you've described so well what you love about about your job it makes me want to go and make fragrances oh. myself um yeah, you can come you can come with us and and create I think I think creativity doesn't belong to anybody and I I really I really discovered this in the beginning of creating Joe Loves. I thought creativity was something that was my right. And it's not. It really isn't. And it, nobody owns it. But your bank of creativity belongs to you. That currency that's in that bank account is yours. No one can access it. No one can touch it. The only person that can access it is you. And that creativity will increase in value. And it will only increase in value when you use it. Otherwise, it lays dormant. It just sits there. But creativity, you know, sometimes when you're walking down the street and you have this idea and it's almost as though someone's whispering in your ear, that's called creativity. When you sit and you listen to a piece of music and you're carried in your imagination, that's creativity. And when you travel that journey and you trust that instinct, that's when you start to access your bank account of creativity. And we've had a year of lockdown in this country where we have had many, many opportunities to invest in that currency of creativity because we've been within four walls. Nothing else is there. So that I'm really interested to see the, the green shoots generation, which I've called them, coming out of this time because what are your ideas? What did you think about during lockdown? Where, are you, where do you want to go? Because your dreams and that currency of creativity is still yours. 
No one can take them from you, but it's now up to you what you do with them. And I've lived my life like that in the last, the last year, especially I've lived it. But I think when I look back over the things that I've done, it's where I've had that respect for the relationship of creativity. It's so um, brilliant to hear somebody talk about the value of creativity, because it seems, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've taught in universities and school of art and design and you, you find that the rest of society doesn't really have a value for what we're trying mm. to instill and develop in, mm. in young people. And it all seems about sort of the bottom line and money and why don't you be, you know, there was a government campaign, like don't be a ballet dancer sort of thing, go and do digital tech or whatever that, that terrible advert was. And the thing is that when automation comes, actually creativity is, is the power of, of the mm. economy. We wouldn't have a vaccine right now if it wasn't for the power of creativity. That's right. You think if we think about it, you know, and we think about, you know, this nasal spray and, and all the things that are, that are happening around helping us to actually pick our lives back up and, and, and carry on. So creativity is belongs to everybody. And that's what I love about this, these kind of conversations, because every, everyone then is included. No one, no one is sitting on the corner saying this doesn't include you because you didn't finish your education, because you haven't gone to university. No, everybody, everybody has their own bank account. And when you start to visualize that, it's what would you do with it? Well, and, and that's when we start to dream and we start to set ourselves goals again. And we think, you know, think to ourselves, well, for my life, what I really want to do is X. Well, okay, what do you, ha what do you have at your fingertips that you're able to build towards that? Um, yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's a positive way of us starting to look up again rather than looking down. Giving, giving ourselves time to dream because it's those, you don't ask an athlete to run endless marathons. You've got a rest in between. This has given us a much needed mm. rest, hasn't it? To rethink and reflect. I think it's, um, listen, none of us wanted it and none of us want it again, but it happened. You can't, you ca I can't change what happened yesterday or last year, but I've certainly utilized it um, for my own growth as a person and growth as in, in a bit i mean during this pandemic we signed three um territories across the across the world we've i've built i've built stores and designed store in stores and stores from my own four walls i've created a laboratory so don't tell me that you can't do things because we're in lockdown you can you just have to think differently you have to pick up whatever is at your fingertips and you start you, that's where you start once you build one thing and you've used your imagination, go on to the next and next. And then one day you'll look back and you'll think, look what I achieved. Look what I did with so little. Um, and there's a, there's a wonderful quote by the man who started Aveda called, I can't remember his second name, Horst, was it? I can't remember his second name, yes, but I remember a speech. That's it. Thank you. He, um, he did this amazing speech and he said, why is it in life? And this is many, many years ago. Why is it in life? Uh, those who have so much do so little and those who have so little do so much. And that's, and that really struck me so powerfully um, that it doesn't matter what you have, you can make a banquet from it. Yeah. Well, if you had a, a I don't know, goddaughter or friends of, of uh, daughters of friends that wanted to get into the beauty industry and, and perhaps start a small um, skincare or fragrance brand, what, what advice would you give to them? You start with a product. You have to make it real. 
So it, all of us have great ideas and great thoughts. And how many people have come to you and said, I've got a great idea for you. And I, my response is always the same. That's fantastic. I've got enough of my own. Make, your, make that great idea yours and make it, make it real and tangible. I think you have to make your business real and you have to make it yours. So it's great to have those kind of blue sky, big ideas, you know, where you think way ahead of the game, but you've got to make it real for today. So if you're thinking about a product, get that product physical and tangible in your hand. Because once you've done that, it doesn't have to be the finished product and it doesn't have to be in the finished packaging, but you have to make it real. There's, I get loads of letters from people that say, I've got this great idea. This is what it, but and my, my answer is always the same. You know what? Make it real. Make it your idea. That's your idea. I've got enough of my own to, to fulfill. But you build your business. You do, it, you do it in your way, but you have to make that, that, pos, that product physical and, and real. So um, when you say, sorry, when you say start with a product, do you mean start with one single product and do the formulation and the packaging? Or do you mean actually start with the formulation of what that product's going to do? Well, it depends what the product is. The product might be a spa or a hair salon or, a, you know, the product is, is whatever you want it to be, but you've got to make it real. You've got to, you've got to think about your, your kind of long-term goal. But when you're creating like a skincare line or you're creating, you often have an idea for one product, don't you, first of all? Yeah. You, you know, you're, you're working or um, like, for instance, you know, the lovely Sean who did the Tangle Teaser? Yeah. He used to do, he used to do my hair. And I remember him saying to me one day, I've got this idea for this product. And when I brush hair, uh, it, it, you know, cuts all the tangles. And I remember looking at the first tangle teaser um, in its prototype, but he made it. The reason he's so successful is he took his idea and he made it physical. Yeah. And then he took it to the next level. I mean, you look at what he's doing now, which is truly amazing. I look at my friend Josh Wood, another one, you know, he's taken all of the paintbrushes that we are using in our hair to try and keep the, the grey roots at bay. Um, yes. All of, but all of these ideas, you know, it's great to use your imagination. It's great to be creative. But what I'm saying is if you really want it to be a business, it's got to be a physical thing. And however you do that, when it, that might be a hairbrush, it could be a skincare cream, it could be a scented candle, it doesn't matter what it is. Take the steps towards making it physical and real and see what you're looking at. Sometimes... When you start that journey, it takes you off in other directions, number one, and you, you're actually, it's just a stepping stone to what you're really meant to be doing. Or sometimes it opens itself up to unbelievable possibilities and adventures. And, it, and all the time that you're taking those steps, you're learning, you're building relationships, you're seeing your product. And don't be upset if someone criticizes it. You know, if, so, if you ask someone's opinion, you want the truth. You want, you want them to tell you what you really think. So you have to be a little hard, you know, hard skinned there and, and take a few knocks. But it's a journey. And building a business is, is a huge adventure and it's a huge journey. It's interesting that you mentioned Tangle Tees because they went on Dragon's Den and that Dragon's Den said it was, wasn't any good. But he <laughs> can you believe that? And he, but they continue, you know, they continued. And uh, well, I've got one in every room in the house now. So me, it, me too. I've got one for my dog yeah. as well. <laughs> yes she's she gets all tangled so we use it but you know he he knew that his product was good and he knew that there was an opening and actually 
all of us have had doors, um, you know, slammed in our face or shut in our face and people saying that I've still I've had it. I still get it today. So, you know, you can't allow that other people's opinions to steal your dreams away from you. And if you do, <laughs> you know, it, you're, you're going to sit there a bit, you know, feeling hurt for a long time. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off and say, OK, it's not for you. It's not for you at this moment in time. But I know that this product worked and I know that my business plan is solid and I am going to make this happen for me. And you have to have that tenacity and that resilience. You have to stand you up. You did mention and... business plan there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually mentioned. your business plan. Well, obviously, if you're, if you're going to ask somebody to invest and you're going to, you have to have a business plan. You know, no one, if you go to somebody and say, you know, can I, can we raise 5,000 pounds here, 10,000? I, if, it, that, if I was the checkbook and say, I want to say, well, how am I going to get my money back? What am I investing in? So of course you need, you know, that discipline and that platform. Yeah, but maybe start, start with a product and then go back to, the, to refining the business plan. Um, or do, you know, do them hand in hand. And if you're not good at numbers, find someone that is. There's a lot of really great people. I had this, um, this idea for a TV show once called The uh, Pizza Boardroom. And it was... Um, and I remember sharing this with somebody and they said, oh, God, that's such a great idea. We're going to do that. So you the get what, a group it? of pizza. It's called, it's called the pizza boardroom. And you create your own boardroom for one night with people around you who. And so you've got your business, you've got your business plan. You write 20 questions about your business that you'd really love answers for. And then you invite however many people, six, eight, ten, doesn't matter. Uh, but each person has the gift that you're looking for. So once someone's good with numbers, someone's good with design, someone's good with PR telling stories. And you buy a lovely bottle of wine or two bottles of wine, a nice big pizza, and you sit there and you create your own boardroom for one night. It won't cost you a penny, but a pizza, some good friends, and possibly if you go on to, to be a you know, real success, um, then you, you thank those founding wise, um, wise heads that is such brilliant advice for anybody that's starting out on a business. And I know that a lot of um, young people and students certainly are, there's a, a drive to a change that, that used to be you, you go out and get a job, but now that there's the options of perhaps getting a job, but also perhaps starting your own business straight from a university degree. Um, mm. That's such good advice for anybody that just is already perhaps working on their brand while they're studying. Um, to have a piece well, anybody take it, take it. But you've got to write. You've got to write the questions um, down. The things that you really want to know, and you've got to give those questions to the people at least 24, 48 hours beforehand, so they can think about them. Extra tips, and this is obviously something you've done uh, sort of periodically through your your business career. <laughs> yeah, I've created the pizza boardroom more than once for myself, and I've seen other people use it, and they really, um, yeah, it's really beneficial. And what does it and you know what? People love to step in and help. I remember way, 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 way back when Gary and I were first married and we had not a penny. We got our, um, we were looking after a youth group. And I remember sitting there and saying to them one night, if this was your business, what would you do? And they were all in their teens. Oh, my goodness. And can I just tell you, the young generation, they have ideas that will change the world. They really do. And some of them, you know, they're so way beyond what we would think because they have no constraints on their on their thought process so they dream the big dream 
and ran, run towards it. So sometimes your best ideas will come from, from the young intern that's just come into your business. So on, on, that's another lesson. You know what? These big companies, don't take interns in and just let them shuffle pieces of paper. Mm. Let them in your boardrooms. Ask them the big questions because you know what? They may give you the answer that none, nobody else can even think of. I so agree with that. There's always been an age hierarchy, but actually, especially now that we live in the tech world, sometimes it takes somebody with loads of experience to team up with, with somebody really young and perhaps uh, you know, really aware of what's going on currently and then that you can create something incredible together. Exactly. So finally, as we draw to the end of our uh, fascinating interview, if it's at all possible, could you uh, boil it down to what the key ingredients? What, if, what would you say the key ingredients to building a successful brand are? Um, well, actually, I've just, I've just written a, um, a model for a speech that I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to share it with you because I um, and so no one's heard. I, I've, I've been working on this for the last month and how when we come out of lockdown, what are we going to need to do? So they all begin with the letter R. Reset, rebuild restore, reinvent, rejoice. So I think if you're going to, you're where at a moment in time at this, where the world has gone through a really traumatic time, people have, you know, we've, we've lost people we loved. Our whole world has changed. We've been in lockdown for, well, I've been in lockdown for over a year and most people have. So it's time to reset and resetting your mind, resetting your business, resetting your dreams is a really good and healthy thing. And we're now, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's time to reset. It's time to reset that button and say, okay, this is what I want. You take whatever is left and you rebuild. You put together any pieces of your business that you can build and you think, okay, that is as it was before, that piece. And you'll be left with some things that you can't do anything with. Don't be frightened about that. We then need a a, a part of, um, as we're building our business, for restoration. So that feeling of as you've rebuilding and as you've reset, you need to just take a breath here and realize that you're on the road to restoration. And as you're on the road and you're starting to build and we can see growth again, this is the time that you say to yourself, the last year was not in vain. I am going to reinvent. I'm now going to take my business and I'm going to build it and move it out into the next bit. And at that point, when you start to see that growth, that is the time that you sit and you pat yourself on the back and you shake the hands of every single person and you rejoice that you've survived. So it's a little compass back to growth and positive business building. What a, a wonderful way to, to uh, finish the interview. That is just uh, such good advice, Joe. And it's been such a pleasure to speak to you today. Um, and I can't wait to, to re-listen to it and make notes oh. myself. I think this is going to be so fantastic for anybody listening in. Thank you so much for sharing you're, all your so knowledge welcome. and experience. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Thank you for listening to our Careers Insights podcast. Episodes are released bi-weekly onto the British Beauty Council member zone, available to partner members, patrons and board members. You can also follow the British Beauty Council on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok and Clubhouse to stay updated with the latest news and insights. Or if you would like to contact us and find out more about becoming a member or patron, please email joinme at britishbeautycouncil.com.